You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. It's Wednesday evening and I'm here with Kirk Marks. Hey Fin Fans. And Jim Johnson. Hello everybody. Now, earlier in the week, uh, Lou and I were here talking to you about the draft and our feelings on it. Well, tonight it's uh, Jim and Kirk's turn to talk about the uh, draft picks and, and talk about some of the free agents that were signed. So, guys, Kirk, let's start with you. How did, how did you feel about the draft? Well, draft started out perfectly for me. Well, yeah, you were in Tua's corner, right? Yep, I got my quarterback. I, I'm, I'm very happy about that. Um, the rest of the draft that we're going to talk about, uh, it, wasn't, you know, it wasn't flashy or anything like that, but it was something that needed to be done. And after all said and done, you know, hopefully we filled a lot of holes along the trenches and got a little bit nastier. A little bigger and meaner, huh? little bigger and a little meaner, exactly what we needed. No more finesse team. Yeah, it's, it seems that way. <laughs> Jim, what were your thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I went into this thing figuring we had 14 picks and we would be packaging some up to trade, you know, up or down or what have you. And I figured we'd come out of this thing with like eight or nine players for the team. And we came out of this thing with... 12 players out of 14 draft picks and that's that's a staggering number for for one draft and we got our franchise quarterback we got a bunch of offensive linemen and some defensive linemen and and a cornerback and a long snapper and a long snapper yeah that was kind of a shock but uh, anytime you draft a, a long snapper it's got to be somebody special and he's uh I guess kind of a generational talent at long snapper. So hey, is there you such know, a thing? Is it is it that complicated? <laughs> no, I don't think it is. But I guess he was the best uh, long snapper in in all of college football. So yeah, you know, so they said. we have uh, so many picks. I I can live with a, a late draft pick on a long snapper. I guess. So but, what are your feelings on them getting uh, to a? You know. In the beginning, I was kind of terrified of all of his injuries, and I still am concerned. It's it's a major concern for me. I'm 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 optimistic, but concerned or worried per se that he's he's not going to be healthy as enough to play 16 games a season. You know, I don't. You know, everybody. You know, a lot of people miss games. I can get. I understand that. I just uh, I don't want to see him broken and uh, on IR, but. You know, his talent is just impossible to dismiss. And I know a lot of guys say he's undersized and all that mumbo jumbo, but this guy has got the it factor. Uh, he's very accurate. He creates time and space inside the pocket and, and makes throws when it matters. And I'm excited to see what he can do for this team. As am I, but he has negatives as well. I'm not going to get into that now, but, you know, I mean, he, he hasn't reinvented the quarterback position, but, you know, he had a great college career. Uh, yep. We'll have to see if it translates. Yep, yep. And, and you know, Joe Burrow was, you know, the world champion coming out of, of uh, college and all, but is he a one-year wonder and will he translate? You know, I, I don't think he's a one-year wonder. Now, will he translate? That's a whole different conversation. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I think he, he had such a – Burrow had such a great season. I mean, I, I don't think you can say that was in luck or anything like that. You know, I think no. he, he earned it. He did yep. it. And, uh, 
He played phenomenal. Uh, yep. You know, so I like to give him credit for that, you know. And uh, what would you think of Austin Jackson, the, the, the player we picked in the uh, 18th slot? Well, I got to tell you this from the after Tua, I, I thought we reached several times for players that we probably could have gotten later in the draft. But with that said, it's only a reach if it doesn't work. And, you know, this Austin Jackson is a very talented uh, left tackle, and he's, you know, what they call a true left tackle. Uh, he's he's only going to be 21 years old here later th in May. He's got a lot of upside. He's a great story. Donated bone marrow to uh, save his sister and all. You know, so it's a great story. Uh, I feel it was a bit of a reach, but if it works, nobody's going to care about, uh, you know, picking them a little early. I thought that we were going to, uh, to trade out of that pick and get a little closer to get one of those other tackles. Right. You um, thought they'd move back up. Yeah, when we didn't do that and then we selected him, um, you know, if, that's, if, if our team feels that that was the best left tackle on the board at that time after those others went, then I'm fine with it. I was thinking Josh Jones, but... Uh, the way Josh Jones fell in the draft, you know, it, it also leads you to believe that this was the guy. So it'll take him a little, you know, he's, he's a raw talent. It's going to take him a little bit of time to uh, to get everything about. But he had some good, I read some good things about him. Well, about, uh, playing you know, devil's advocate, don't you think the 18th pick in the first round should be somebody that you should be able to plug in and start right away? Yeah, yes, that I, was, I agree. I that agree was my that. concern with him being a reach at 18 and – and that was my biggest issue with the end of the first round, uh, both 18 and 30, I thought were, were earlier than they probably should be picked. But I have to give Flores and Greer the nod if, and we speak about this all the time, if you have conviction for a player and that player has the pieces, has the parts and character and talent and is what you're looking for, then I got to give them the benefit of the doubt. But those, you know, that number 18 and and the number 30 pick, I I thought were both reaching a bit for those for those players. I would have rather had somebody that would we knew was going to be plugged in and starting right off. Well, the 30th pick was the cornerback, Noah Igbenogany. Yep. Uh what were your thoughts on him, Kirk? Well, me me Jim and Lou were on that uh on that house party <laughs> thing at the time and we're thinking that we're going to get DeAndre Swift. Uh -huh. we're, we're going to get a player like that. And when they, when they said that guy's name, you know, we, we could see each other all looking at each other like, who is that? Yeah. <laughs> or, or, you yeah, know, or a McKinney, yeah. if not yeah. Swift, we were thinking McKinney. Right. Right. And when that name came out, we're like, Oh, who's this guy? And then all of a sudden you're feeling like, Oh, here we go. Yeah. But then, I think, I think all of us had our mouths hanging open at yeah, the time. Every other dolphin fan probably did as well. I don't yeah. think that was unique to you guys. Right. But when, uh, when Greer came out and Flores came out and said that was the number one corner on their board, then there's your conviction. If they're yep. going with their best players at the top of their board and that's what they believe, then... I know, mean, you could, you could beat your head against the wall about these picks, but they both make sense from a need standpoint, you know? Uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, don't think that cornerback was a need, but, you know, if you if you spend all that money to, to pay Howard and Jones, you better be able to cover the slot receiver as well. You wasted your money. Right, and and from also, that aspect, it makes sense. Also, what if uh, what if X Man's injured? That's another thing. You know, he hasn't proven to stay healthy. We don't want to talk about that. Well, it, it, the the it, quarterback it, it, ties into that. 
yeah, it, you know, it can happen. The cornerbacks go down. You gotta have you gotta have a bunch of good ones. You know, I I I was frustrated about the pick at the time. Uh, I got to be honest with you. You know, we were all thinking about some shiny new toys, and we didn't get shiny new toys. We got uh, serviceable parts, really. And you know, we're thinking, you know, high end tackle. We're thinking high end running back or safety or something high up there. And we got a marginal tackle that was kind of lower on the list, and a cornerback most of us hadn't heard of. But doing a little bit of research, I mean, he's a converted wide receiver, and he's great in press man coverage. He's a solid tackler. My biggest concern is that he's raw, and he's going to need to figure out the NFL pass interference rules, or else he's going to be getting a lot of flags. So Yeah, I brought up that same point Saturday. Yeah, he's he's going to need He's to- a little handsy. He's got he's to learn. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's that's the biggest thing he's going to have to learn, and and some guys struggle with that. So, we, you know, as you always say, Mike, you can never have enough cornerbacks or defensive backs. So, you know, in the beginning, I was pretty miffed about it, but you know, I'm slowly coming around. You know, how'd you feel about the next pick, uh, Robert Hunt? <laughs> you know, again, we're thinking shiny toys, and we're getting some big uglies in here and in the beginning I, I was a little bit kind of bummed out a little bit but Robert Hunt I mean six five he's a guy that I think is going to come in and start I'm yes. sorry to interrupt you but yep. compared to the guys we're talking about in front of him I mean I mean I think he's the guy that comes in and probably takes over on the right side somewhere this is how I feel as well and they're hoping he's going to be able to play right tackle but he may slide into guard but 65 323 he's a big beast uh some of the things I've heard you know talked about uh, one of the guys said, uh, with his combination of power and force, he's able to create gaping running lanes. Somebody else said he's a true road grader. Uh-huh. And then another one that was I, I thought was good was he has tape that makes you feel sorry for the defenders he's lined up against. We need a few of those guys on our this, team, don't we? This just makes you, if that doesn't make you <laughs> smile, then forget it. And then... Uh, one a couple of, of hunts quotes himself and he says i think i play the game hard i try to strain i try to finish people <laughs> i laughed out loud when i heard that uh-huh. and one of his other quotes that some of us has probably heard a little bit more and it says you don't get in trouble for trying to destroy people on the field so why not try to do it yeah i read that one too and at, this quote. is this is something that we have desperately needed on this offensive line. And and they say, you know, you win the game in the trenches. And this is the kind of stuff we need on that offensive line for sure. Well, we, we need some of those guys on the defensive line too. So they went ahead and they took uh, Raekwon Davis. What do you know about Raekwon? Well, he's got high aspirations. He says he's uh, he's... He wants to be, you know, his first uh, thing he wants to do is be rookie of the year, which is <laughs> which is very uh, high aspirations for a defensive lineman. They don't well before to... he played his first preseason snap, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I hear he's an elite two gapper, sets a great edge, good hands, timing to shed blocks and make the tackle. Uh, so these are good things and. One of the trends that I'm seeing in both their free agent signings that they've already made and in the draft is their defensive linemen, whether they're 
a defensive end or an outside linebacker or an edge. Either way, stopping the run seems to be a priority because they all talk about you know st- you know setting the edge and and being a a good solid That's tackler. That's where winning starts, right? Exactly. So we're again building trenches, and uh, you know. The knock on him is his maturity. He doesn't always uh, get you know finish getting to the quarterback when he does have rush opportunities. But you know these are young guys, and you know they're talking about you know the strengthening program in the NFL should help them, and uh, especially with Austin Jackson, he's only you know barely 21 here in a few weeks. Uh, he's going to bulk up. He's going to get stronger, and uh, they say that whole bone marrow thing really kind of slowed his progress last year. So you know, I see, I see the upside to him. So, and Kirk, got, what, were, what were your thoughts on the last two picks? Well, on on Raekwon, I have written down here uh, that they they had said that his last two seasons he fell off a little bit. Um, he's supposed to be a real good run stopper, and I had written next to his name, and I don't know why I wrote it down there, but I wrote Lawrence Phillips. <laughs> Because he gets, it wasn't it's, nice. Well, I'm start. I, you know, from what I was reading, I feel that he might be a little bit lazy. Yeah. No, I've I've seen the same thing. Yeah, and, and that's that goes to the maturity. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and the uh, the other player we were talking about was uh, Robert Hunt. And yes. One thing I found uh, that was pretty impressive about that was there was a, a stat in there that out of 574 snaps, he only allowed five quarterback pressures and no blown blocks. So you know, if that translates then uh, we might have got a, a real decent player right there. Well, a lot of people success. are saying he might, he, might have been, he might have been a steal, but, you know, who knows? You know, you don't know until they actually put the pads on and actually get it done. What do you think of Brandon Jones, the uh, safety? Uh, Brandon Jones? Um, he has he, – he, I, I see a strong safety in him because he's a really good tackler. He's quick, yep. tough. Uh, but he has problems with ball pursuit, and he has trouble with uh, deep speed. Right. So he had 86 tackles, and I'm thinking he's the kind of player that we can, you know, we can have him there. Uh, Flores can move him around a little bit, move him down into the box. Uh, that's how I. That's that's what I get from what I read on him. And he's not really that big. He's six foot, uh, 205 pounds. Uh huh. So yeah. My uh, my info actually says he's five eleven and one ninety eight, but uh, you know the the kids can grow in in six months time. So, yep. You have any, anything else you want to add about him, Jim? Uh, he is coming off a shoulder injury of some sort. Also had uh, I think an ankle injury in college. Again, like uh, Kirk said, he's you know a versatile versatile guy. He can play defensive back. He can play safety. But also his coverage skills, his anticipation is lacking out there. So you got to be careful. You know, you don't want to leave him stranded on an island or he could get torched out there. So, But another good physical tackling type player for that defense. And what about our next pick, Solomon Kinley? <laughs> he's another he's, he's another big boy. He's another big ugly out there. Uh, 6'3", 337. Uh his nickname is Big Fish. Uh, you know, he got that from being a lifeguard in college. Uh, you know, he was a swimmer. He was a basketball player. Uh, we did trade up a couple spots to get him. You know, he's another tough, gritty lineman. And, you know, one of the things that I read is he's a nasty guard who lives in scrap mode, looking for fights in a small phone booth. And, uh, again, this is just something that's that's – 
you know, we don't hear this type of stuff about our linemen. So this is this is good to hear. And another fantastic statistic is in 900 pass reps, he's only given up four sacks and 14 hurries. And that's in 900 pass that's reps. That's because you can't get around him. Either way, he gets the job done. You know, the biggest red flag is can he keep the weight off to be manageable? So, you know, but. Well, I tend to think South Florida will help him do that. Ah, uh, yeah, that son, <laughs> that son will do it to you. Yeah, run into yeah. that TNT wall. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the real question with him is going to be his agility. You know, can can he survive not being very mobile? And, and you know, we'll just have to see how he how he is once he does lose some weight and once he you know is on a regular strength program and and working out and all that. See if he doesn't uh, improve a little bit. But he's not very agile. Right. Well, I did see I did see a little bit of film on him. Uh huh. And from the right side, he can pull. I saw him. They saw some plays with him stepping out and pulling and finishing off some of his blocks. But one of the other negatives was that because he's so nasty looking for fights, he can lose his discipline at times. Yeah. And well, I know Flores isn't going to put up with that. So they'll let him know not to uh, be over aggressive. Yeah. How about uh, Jason uh, Strobridge? This is a guy I, I he was highly rated for we picked him at 154. Uh, he was he was a good value pick at 154. I'm just not so sure he really fits Flores's defense defense because he's primarily uh, best suited for a 4-3 DE. Again, another guy that sets the edge really well. Uh, you know, exciting ability as a run defender, I read. You know, these are good things. I just, uh, he's going to be a rotational player, I would think, that's going to be in there. You'd want your conventional DE to get after the passer, but he's not a, a huge sack master. I don't think that's how they look at it, Jim. Yeah, well, I agree. With the, with the way they're attacking the secondary, I think they're planning on the defensive ends and such to have a little bit more time to get to the quarterback. That, and I think that they'll you know, be blitzing Van Noy, and they'll, they'll be doing other things to create pressure. I don't think they're relying on their defensive ends to be pass rushers is what I'm saying. No, exactly. And they're, they're focusing on guys that can contain. And yep. the last couple of years, we have seen no containment whatsoever from our defensive ends. And it's been pathetic to watch because every run play just, just busts out through the corner and it's gone. So uh, this is great to see. If we can stop the run and the, and the secondary can cover the receivers, that uh, that handicaps an offense. Kirk, anything to add? No, just uh, not too much to add. It just looks like he – I saw some film on him too. He likes to get after the ball. He had 45 tackles, three sacks. and But they said he needs to work a little bit on his pass rush moves. Right. So that would, like Jim said, that would be one of his weaknesses. But he does uh, – he does track the tackler down, so he's got a high motor. Yep. Uh, what about linebacker Curtis Weaver? This is another guy that's, you know, he played both uh, defensive end and outside linebacker in college. Uh, he's noted for his first step quickness, you know, sets the edge well again. Uh, six foot two, 265 pounds, so he does have that uh, typical, uh, you know, build for it. You know, he's known as a goofball out there. That, that's okay. 
Yeah, <laughs> but until it's it's comical because he's he's uh you know he's a funny guy off the field, and then when he they say when he steps across that white line, it's all business. And uh, in seventeen hundred some snaps uh, in three years at Boise State, he had thirty eight sacks and forty seven tackles for losses. So you know that's that's another thing. You know those run stops like that tackle for loss that's that's huge so this is another guy that they they people are saying they got tremendous value taking him in the fifth round yes yes exactly and uh you know he had a couple of ints three force fumbles and uh six pass blocks so you know it's supposed to be a real smart defensive player and he can tell you what everyone on the defense is, should be doing and where they're supposed to be so you know this is Another characteristic that Flores likes, they got to be smart guys that, uh, you know, know what's going on at all times. So, oh, I got him down as a 2019 first-team All-American. He had 13 and a half sacks, 18 and a half tackles for loss. Um, he's supposed to be good. I, you know, I heard like you guys did that we got great value for him. I heard somebody say it was one of the steals of the draft at where we got him. Yep. And, uh. I can see what Flores is trying to do here with these players. If these players work out, we're going to have something really special going because he can rotate the, all these guys in and out. You know, if they if they contribute and they work out, then we we did pretty well with it. Now, we talked about Blake Ferguson, the long snapper. Uh, really not much to say there. Uh, their last pick was uh, running back Malcolm Perry. Is he a running back or a quarterback or a wide receiver? Or you what's... can list him in any of those positions, <laughs> but I know he ain't playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll be our number four quarterback. Uh, this is a this is a, you know the the Swiss Army knife per se type of player. Uh, he's very versatile. He he did it all in college. He had forty three hundred and some rushing yards in his career in college. Forty touchdowns. And then he added 1,300 passing yards and 10 TDs to that. So this is a guy that can run the ball, throw the ball, and catch the ball. So Tim Jensen. Yes, he's you know he's from Navy, and uh, you know you know the rumor is is that the the Dolphins picked him because they didn't want Bill Belichick to pick him up from Navy. So you don't really uh, believe that, do you? No, but that's just one of the one of I the, know. One of I the, know. It's it's the dumb things that people say. Yeah, I know. It's this. <laughs> it's one of the scuttlebutt articles I read, and I thought it was worth mentioning. So, uh, you know, hey, you know, if he can make plays, that's all we really care about. So, if he's if he's multi talented and uh, can fit into the scheme, then so be it. Uh, Kirk, you have anything to add on uh, Malcolm? Well, you stole Jim Jensen from me. I had Crash Jensen written next to him. Okay, well, I'll give it back to you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, one of the, you know, one of his negatives though was seven fumbles last year. Okay. So he's definitely gonna have to hold on to the ball, but yeah, we can use him like uh, if he if he makes it, we can use him like the Saints use uh, Taysom Hill, gadget player, wildcat, trick plays. Uh oh, wildcat. Yeah, I love that wild. Tough for that those wildcat seven round picks to make it. Yeah, it is tough for them to make it, but you never know. Uh, you know we. Uh, also uh, made a trade in the middle of the draft, Jim. Yeah, we did. And uh, we got a running back from the 49ers. We traded a fifth round pick. And I was I was ecstatic because we were we were ignoring the running back position and we watched Swift and Dobbins disappear. And I think everybody was kind of bummed out. And uh, 
We picked up Breida from the 49ers, and he's fast and can catch the ball. I like to pick. He's a perfect fit with our, you know, our, our running back room, and I think it was good value, and he should plug in and give us a really good running back tandem. No offense to Breida, but I'd have rather had a couple of those running backs. They let slide, you know. <laughs> I really wanted one of those top backs. I, yeah. I honestly really did. And, and I saw them get get missed a couple of times and, and we had the picks. And this is what I said at the start of the pay, of the podcast. I, uh, I, I envisioned us packaging some of these some of these draft picks to move up for a tackle or to move up for well, a Well, you know, we also said we didn't want them to mortgage their future, you know, oh, so – you know, they, they, they did exactly what we yep. asked them to do, yep. just not exactly the way we wanted them to do it, you know, so. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, I'm perfectly happy that they addressed the position because they needed to, and if they felt Brita was the way to go, we'll see how it works. That's for sure. And we basically only have him for one year. Right. If he If he comes in and plays really well, it's going to be hard to re-sign him. But you know what? There'll be a lot more running backs coming out in the 2021 draft, and, and we've got some ammunition there, too. So, Very true. So we also signed a bunch of free agents, undrafted free agents, right after the draft completed, like everybody else does. Kirk, tell us about them. All right, well, the first guy we got, well, not in any specific order, was a defensive lineman, Benita Jones. And he was, uh, he's 6'1", 321, out of Ole Miss. And the thing that caught my eye was uh, Gil Brandt had him listed as the number one undrafted D tackle. So, you know, we got it. According to him, we got the number one tackle that wasn't drafted. Okay. Uh, he's another one of those disruptive gap run stuffers, which is, I, you know, seems to be the, uh, the way that we're going is to try to get those run stoppers. Um, he you started see it in everything 30... they're doing other than the cornerbacks, right? <laughs> I mean, all yeah. the linemen and linebackers are all supposedly good run stoppers. Yeah. They're, they're just filling up the trenches. Um, he started 36 games, had 132 tackles, 10 and a half sacks. What I thought was pretty interesting, though, was uh, he grew up on a cattle ranch, and basically that's where they said he learned his toughness and had, and, you know, and the hard work ethic and things like that. And they're all traits that seem to fall into what Flores and uh, Greer are trying to do. They're trying to get you know, feel good stories, pers- people that are rough, violent, you know, come from a good background. They're not problems. Yeah, uh, high character guys that are yep. smart and tough and physical guys. Yep, yep. Hey, if he can grab, if he can grab a cattle by the horns and pull it down, or whatever he's got to do, he's got my vote. Who else did they sign? They got a uh, offensive lineman who plays center and guard, Donnell Stanley. He's uh, 6'3", 322 pounds out of South Carolina. Uh, he played his last ga- last uh, eleven games at center. ESPN had him rated at the 14th best guard. Uh, he got some nice accolades. He was the line leader, uh, captain. He won a nutrition award, leadership award, unselfish teammate award. So there's your high character player. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. I, I do like the fact that uh, he got a lot of games in at center, and he's got well, decent I mean, size. They they got to they got to groom somebody, right? They've only got the free agent for what a year. Yeah, Karras. Yep, and I'm yeah, loving the fact on, he's on a one year prove it contract. Right. right. Yep. Right. I'm just I'm just loving the fact that uh after you know after the draft is over that they're they're snatching up all these guys and and some of them are going to stick. Well, we picked up what eight undrafted free agents and you put uh you put that with the 12 guys that we drafted. That's 20 20 guys that we've added to this roster. Well, it's actually more than that because we brought in uh Breda. Yep. 
And we also brought in uh, Kalen Johnson, right? Oh, that's true. Well, I know we had 11 draft picks plus Brito, so I, 12 was stuck in my head. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact I'm of the matter. Kevon Frazier is who I meant. Oh, yeah. The uh, safety from Dallas. Right. That's exactly right. I, I didn't grasp the name there. But, I mean, the point is, is, is they've got a lot of firewood to put in the fire. And uh, we're building the trenches. We're doing everything that we really wanted them to do. They just didn't get those bright, shiny picks that we were thinking about other, uh, other than what? Tua. Other if than they Tua. win, we won't care about bright and shiny. Oh, exactly. I uh, agree, 100%. Who else we got, Kirk? Uh, another defensive end. His name's Tyshawn Redner. Uh, 6'4", 256 out of Middle Tennessee State. Um, he played in all, all 12 of his games, 49 tackles, 10 for loss, three and a half sacks. He had an interception. He earned his team's grinder award. So there's another one of those words. Uh-huh. And he actually, uh, I saw that Bill Belichick actually went and gave him a personal tryout. So not that that, you know, what, you know, take that for what it's worth, but there's another one of those. Uh, well, maybe we signed him so the Patriots couldn't get him. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say with that. And the same thing with that Navy guy. If you, you know, even though it might not be true, it's just interesting that. It's funny. Guys, it's just funny to me that people say that. You don't take them to get you better. You take them to stop the Patriots from getting better. Right, right. Well, these might be the type of guys that uh, nobody knew their names, and they end up, you know, sticking or whatever. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. Um, we signed an offensive tackle. Yeah, we had a right tackle, uh, Nick Kaltemeyer, six eight three eleven from Kansas State. Jeez. Uh, he started at he started at right tackle, and uh, one of his one of his quotes was he states that he loves to run people over. <laughs> yeah, that's good. We can use that, but the only problem is. Being six eight, I don't know if Tua can see over the top of him. <laughs> yeah, he's, well, yeah, he's a, ta- he's a tackle. It's more important that the guards aren't that tall. Yeah, uh, exactly, right. exactly. But uh, you never know. That's a that's a that's a big kid, and they say the right things. I mean, but you don't know. You know, they might say they like to run people over, just like uh, Raquan Davis said he wants to be the rookie of the year. But you're gonna have to go out there and prove that. Yeah, the thing with tackles is you've got to be able to balance agility and power and anchor your position and still be able to move your feet for for counters and such. So it there's a lot of agility to the tackle position because you've got to be able to stop a bull rush. You've got to be able to adapt to a speed rush and a spin move. So not everybody has all the pieces that they can do. Some guys can stop a bull rush and, and some stop, some people can, can handle their footwork to, to stop the speed, but they can't handle the power. So it's not an easy it's not an easy position to fill and we've seen this throughout the NFL because everybody's after tackles. Well, 68 is a little tall for a tackle and where it's going to cause him difficulty is um the defender's getting under his pads and just knocking him back. Yep. You know, he's got he's got to really get low and uh you know, being that tall, it's it's hard to do that. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how he does. Yeah, like that uh, that other uh, tackle that we had, uh, Starp was a big, tall guy that had trouble yep. with that. Yep, and um, uh, we signed the defensive lineman. Yeah, we actually, we got a couple of them. One defensive lineman was uh, Ray Lima. He was uh-huh. 6'3", 305 pounds out of Iowa, Iowa State. And surprise, surprise, he's listed as a run stopper. <laughs> I think so, I hear a trend. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're tired of giving up so much yardage on the ground. That's what that's what that trend is. Yeah, they're going to put an end to that. They're definitely going to put an end to that. It seems that but, way. 
uh, the Bleacher Report had him listed as the the biggest eligible interior lineman sleeper. So interesting. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. But I'm I'm liking all this uh, run stopper people we're bringing in. Well, how do you feel about a defensive end? They're moving the tight end. Yeah, uh, Bryce Sturk, 6'5", 261 out of Montana State. Um, Miami had touched base with him and asked him if he would you know, possibly consider switching to tight end, which he said yes. So they yeah, picked he, him up. The interesting he, thing about him, he, he did play for the University of Washington, and his line coach, uh, Jeff Choate, uh, left Washington to become the head coach of Montana State, and Bryce went with him, had 61 tackles, 17 for a loss, and he's a bull rusher with a high motor, so... But now he's switching over to tight end. But, you know, it was a, a pretty cool story to follow your coach to another college, especially yeah. if you're leaving like a University of Washington to go to a Montana State. Shows me that there's some kind of loyalty involved in that too, another high character. Yeah, well, I guess Flores or Greer had spoken with him about uh, changing to tight end, and, and he, the kid thought it was interesting and, and chose the Dolphins over three or four other teams that were after him as well. So, you know, that's another good sign that he liked yeah, what Flores... He said something and, about liking the challenge of doing that, of, of yep. making that switch. Yep, and, you know, I mean, it's another player that chose the Dolphins over other teams so this is you know that's it shows you that they like Greer and they like Flores and they like what the plan is and uh it's good to see you know the more it happens the more it'll happen if that makes any sense oh exactly it's it's no question it's just a it's a trend another trend that we're seeing we're seeing guys choosing the Dolphins over other teams uh you know a year ago everybody was saying oh we're not going to be able to sign anybody because they won't want to come here and i'm like uh how's that working out for you <laughs> exactly. we signed a couple of wide receivers yeah the the interesting one was uh and the guy's got a great name his name's kirk so <laughs> he's automatically cool with me kirk Merritt. uh he was six foot 215 out of arkansas state now the interesting thing about him was that uh he started his college career at oregon and he got himself in a little bit of trouble, and he, he also played for uh, Texas A&M. But what I found interesting was he was on – Netflix had that show, Last Chance U, which was uh, Eastern Mississippi Community College. And that seems where a lot of players would go that were Division One players would go to this community college, you know, for, for different reasons, academics or getting in trouble, get their act together, and then try to get a scholarship to come back up to Division One. So – it ended up working out for him. He got a scholarship to go to Arkansas State, and he uh, last year he was he had sixty four catches, seven hundred and sixty three yards, and eleven TDs. Um, but what I noticed, you know, from watching that Netflix show and some other uh, tape on this kid, he is he reminds me a little bit. And I don't want to say Preston Williams because we only had him for you know one season, but he's he goes up and fights for that football just like he does. He goes up and he catches it and brings it down. And one of his uh, positive things was, you know, they said he was a tough, nasty player with great mitts. So he's got <laughs> those go. hands. Yeah. So, so those 50-50 balls, he'll go up there and fight for them. And, you know, to, to, to grab him, and I, I, I don't know if you guys saw or not there, but a lot of people thought that we did well by grabbing him. You know what his 40 is? I don't have his 40 time. I don't know either. I didn't look it up. But I'm, I'm curious. Uh, if he can run at all, he's got a good chance. Yeah. But he looked, he looked good if you guys get a chance to watch some film on him. He looks good. For he took another player. receiver, uh, Matt Cole. Yeah, Matt Cole, I didn't have too much information on him. Uh, 
He's a Division II player out of McKendree State. He had a decent year. He was 43, uh, nine, he got 939 yards and uh, 12 touchdowns. Uh-huh. But I didn't have too much information on, well, on him. Yeah, I know. Some of these guys, there isn't a lot of information on. Yeah, it's, time uh, to, it's about, tough to find stuff on Division you know, Division II yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. What about Kalen Johnson, the linebacker? Kalen Johnson, uh, 6'2", 230 pounds out of Pittsburgh. He, uh, he started at uh, Florida. He was a Gator, then he transferred over. And basically what I got written down there is he didn't really start too often. He was more like a death player. And, he, you know, he would come in in situations. So I don't know, you know, how that's going to translate to uh, to the pro level. I don't know if, um, if you guys got anything else on him. No. Probably going to have to make his way through special teams. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I feel. You know, I mean, these are 22 guys we just talked about. And, uh, you know, we have a 55-man roster. So, uh, you know, the odds of some of these guys making it are not going to be high, you know, uh, especially on the free agent side. You know, maybe maybe two, three guys at most will make the team. Um, you know, and then, the, you know, the draft picks, uh, how many of those are going to make the team? Because obviously we've drafted more players than we usually do. Uh, but again, there's there's a lot of opportunity on this team. So really, it's going to depend on them. How many of these guys really step up and prove that they need to be kept? You know, uh, it, it's going to be fun to see, especially with the linemen. That's going to be. I'm really looking forward to watching that offensive line compete. Uh, it's it's going to be fun to see because they're all fighting for starting jobs. I mean, literally any of them can take over a starting job. Yeah. Same same with the defensive ends, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's going to be fun to see if we, if we have a training camp, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we'll see it. Yeah. That'd be so nice. what, 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 the picks were you guys really happy about? I mean, obviously too, uh, everybody's excited about the quarterback, but aside from him, uh, is, is there a guy you're really, really glad they got because you wanted him? That's a good question. <laughs> Realistically, no, they, they really didn't draft how I expected them to draft. Well, I uh-huh. should let me back that up. I, they drafted kind of like I thought they would. They just they kind of reached for some lesser known players, and and the whole reach thing it may or may well, not. Yeah, until I, mean, that, I, until think, I think they might have reached for guys with a high upside. Exactly, uh, guys they really really like the measurables with, and they you know they like the uh, physical traits, but the guys that aren't quite there yet. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the cornerback, the offensive tackle, these are guys that I think that they feel have very bright futures if, if they can mold them. And I really think that they believe they can or they wouldn't have drafted them. Yeah. And, and I hate to keep mentioning this, but living up here in New England, I, I, every year everybody is bamboozled by the, the players that the Patriots draft. And they pick people that nobody's heard of, and they bring people out of the woodwork, and they plug them in. And Why are they, we talking about the Patriots? I'm just, you live I'm, there. I'm just, I'm just making the <laughs> point that it's a very similar. The way that Greer and Flores making their picks is similar to what right. happens in New England, and I, I, I don't like to keep making the comparison, but you know, Flores is. Uh, well, you know, you know, he comes from that school, so right, there, the, right. there's the correlation is going to be there a lot. Yep. yep. Uh, and in a way it's good in a way it's not good. It's not good. Cause I don't want to hear you talking about the Patriots every week, but I it's know. good 
in the fact that he came from a successful program and he's going to take some of their habits. Yep. So there's pros and cons to everything. So I won't get too mad at you. There you go. But, uh, you know, I, I think that some of that does rub off. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're pretty much playing, you know, the same defense that the Patriots play. Uh, so, you know, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Well, it depends on how the defense does. Yeah, if it works, it's great. That's right. So, and, and the same goes with their drafting philosophies and everything else. So, we'll see. I'm looking forward to the season, guys. It can't get here fast enough. Yeah. Because we don't know when here is. That's that's the problem. I wish we did. Yeah. You know, I really wish we had a date. I don't care if it's November. Give me a date. Let me know what's happening. But uh, well, we got a, <laughs> we have a uh, pretend schedule coming out on May 9th. <laughs> well, they may have moved that up. Yeah, they're they're possibly extending that date out, so we'll see. Uh, I read that today. I don't think it's set in stone, but uh, right. we'll see. Uh, so they, they could move it forward before they actually make an announcement because I think they would just want to see where we're at over the next couple of weeks, and then they'll decide what they're going to do. Yeah, because I, I even so, heard that season might not even start till October. Yeah, I've heard all kinds of stuff. Take bye yeah. weeks out. And there's all kinds of stuff out there. Yeah, it's just I think that's all just speculation. Yeah. But uh as far as the as far as the draft goes, um we we complain about, you know, over the years not having a pass rush or not being able to stop the run or our offensive line stinks because we can't run the ball. And you know, after I look at all this stuff and some of them are reaches or whatever, but maybe they might not be. The main thing is we grabbed a lot of people, a lot of big, nasty, beefy guys. And if they work out, we fix that problem. We know that it wasn't a one-year fix. Next year, we have all those draft picks. We might be able to get some of those shiny toys with some of those draft picks right. because we addressed the right. we addressed the meat and potatoes this year. Look, I look at this draft and I see two things: run and stop the run. Yep, that's uh, what I see. I mean, you know, that's what they're trying to accomplish: build the trenches. Yep. So, I, how can you not be okay with that? That's football. You've got to run. You've got to be able to stop the run. They're going about it the right way, boys. I think we're going to be happy with the result if these if these players are what they think they are. I think at some point I might even have to uh, pony up and pay for playoff tickets. No, don't get carried oh, lucky. I didn't that, say this year. That I said P at some again. point. Oh. At some point. I'm not talking about the Patriots, Jim. <laughs> I'm talking oh. about all these years that I've been getting these tickets now. They got something called pay as you play. And luckily, uh -huh. I haven't had to pay yet. Well, not on, you know, you know what I mean. Right. But at some point, that's going to be all done. I'm going to have to start ponying this cash up, which I'm I'm very happy about. I was going to say, what do you mean? Luckily, you haven't had to pay. Well, when they're taking money out of your team and your and your team stinks, you don't want to keep pulling it out of your pocket. I suppose. Yeah. But, well, look. Uh, first things first. First, we have to win two games in a row. <laughs> yep. You know, then they have to win a division. Okay. You know. Yeah. And and then they have to, you know, hopefully qualify for the playoffs and uh, win a playoff game and, and then maybe win two playoff games, you know. It, it's, it's all, all gradual. Baby, all baby steps. And uh, if they can push some people around, maybe they'll be able to accomplish those baby steps before too long. We'll see. Yeah, because you just don't want to get there. You want to be able to compete. Exactly. You hate to get there and lose 42 to nothing yep. you know, in the first yep. round. You, you wish you hadn't have made it because you, now you don't have a good draft position the next year. You got a crappy schedule and uh, you really weren't good enough to be there. Right. You well, don't there, another that. reason why I think they're going to get those toys uh, next year is because, you know, depending on how things work out, that's probably going to be Tua stepping up next year if he doesn't play this year. And then you can get him some toys and some weapons to go with it. 
Yep. Well, and he, then he, the he might already the have this them. year. The linemen this year get to uh, to gel. Yep. That's the key right there, getting that offensive line into shape. That's yep. going to be a challenge for whoever uh, yeah. has to do it, whether it be uh, the offensive line coach or the offensive coordinator or whoever is ultimately responsible for that. Yeah, especially if you've got two or three rookies out there uh, trying to take starts. It's it's going to be some, some broken plays here and there. Yep. Well, I'm sure, you know, that was a reason they wanted to bring in some uh, veterans, you know, Karras and, and people that have, a, you know, a semblance of an idea how it's supposed to work. So he'll be able to help the rookies. All right. Uh, anything else we want to discuss tonight? I think that pretty much covers all these, uh, the new po- bodies we have on the team. I think we've uh, covered it pretty well. It does. Kirk? No, I'm, I'm good. I, we, You're we, good. Talked a, we talked a lot, got everything off our minds. All right. Now it's a wait and see game. Yeah, pretty much. But I'm, I'm, you know, again, I'm looking forward to it. I want to see these big boys push some people around. I'm, I can't wait. Exactly. You know? I do too. I'm so. Aren't you so tired of just being bullied? Yes. And yes for, you know, every yes, time you play yes. Baltimore, one of those teams, you just get bullied around. Yes, and you know what's going to happen before they kick off? That's the problem. That's the part of it I don't like. You know, I want to go into a game feeling like we got a good chance of winning. You know, like we used to feel like. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Turning on the TV on Sunday and thinking we got a good chance of uh, winning or going to the game and feeling like we have a good chance of winning. Yep, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to seeing some push from that offensive line. Too often we see them going backwards. We want to see them pushing the defense this time. Yep. All right, guys, uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, until then, thanks for joining me. And everybody, thanks for listening. Fins up. Fins up, doll fans. Fins up. Everybody have a great night. All right. So that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network.